Welcome back to Tales from the Bugbear Helmets. This is a tale of four intrepid adventurers who met in a tavern and had nothing better to do. Before I dive back into our recap of last, whatever, last month, last week, whenever it was the last time we got back together, because frankly at this point, who knows when we last saw each other. But before we go into that recap, just want to let you guys, remind you guys of who our characters are. So first and shortest among them stands Dane Ironfist, a pale hill dwarf, or a tan mountain dwarf, depending on the mood and, well, depending on his mood and what, what day of the week it is. He's a cleric with a lustful heart for everything that shines. And slightly taller but infinitely more familiar with mushrooms is Moonstar, a half-elf druid who, you know, likes hanging out in Mother Nature, yo. Uh, next, the third member of our party comes Vashit, a female wood elf monk who is few in words but well-versed in the art of beating all who annoy her. And last, even though he probably doesn't really know it, is Cecil Harvey, a human paladin pure in heart but short on brains. So last time we played, um, a few entertaining things happened. Uh, number one, Iron Fist got caught with his pants down, literally, not metaphorically, at a brothel of all places. That actually makes the most sense where he would lose his pants. But yeah. Anyway, he got stuck with a curse. Um, then he tried bribing a orphan, you know, uh, a, a lady that ran an orphanage. Um, the angry elf lady, whatever her name was, Vashit, yeah, that one. Uh, she, you know, made very unwanted advances on said orphanage lady. And then we went around and killed a bunch of orcs and wizards in a warehouse down by the docks that we wanted to blow up with a bunch of gunpowder. But that didn't happen, sadly. Anyway, so after the uh, after the party successfully killed all the wizards and the orcs in the warehouse and got back to Dalowin's, uh, Dalowin's manor, estate, mansion, you know, big person's house, took a rest, and they decided to run down to the bank, grab the money that they deposited there for killing Dimitri from the Thieves' Guild, and then they headed down to the docks to see if they could catch the, the Wanti, the giant snake lady monster that they had chased out of the Thieves' Guild underground a couple days before. Uh, docks were pretty busy. Lots of, uh, you know, people doing dock stuff that happens when you have a lot of ships in harbor, in port, whatever the terminology is. I, I didn't grow up around a port or a harbor, so I have no idea what that actually is supposed to be. Anyway, uh, the group kind of splits up. Um, we have Vashit Moonstar go one way, and Iron Fist and Cecil go another way because, you know, well, two heavily armored, um, you know, uh, two heavily armored guys, one a paladin, one a cleric, they kind of tend to draw attention to themselves. And, well, Vashit, I mean, she's always pissed off at one or either of them. Mostly she's pissed off at Iron Fist nonstop, but occasionally Cecil gets on her nerves as well. But uh, Vashit just doesn't want to be seen with them for a little bit. So she, and Moonst she grabs Moonstar and wanders around. Uh, they wind up talking to um, a, a dock hand uh, just to see if he's seen anything big come through in the air in the last few days. Um, and the dock hand hasn't really seen anything, but hey, says, hey, maybe talk to the dock master. He might have some good information. And, you know, Vashit feeling, feeling generous. Or maybe it's Moonstar. One of them, probably Moonstar. Vashit, you know, she strikes me as a tightwad. Moonstar tips the dock hand with a gold piece, which is, you know, huge for him. Then they, they make their way over to the dockmaster, 
Um, and on the way, they, they need to come up with a better story because they try to say, well, we're missing some friends. Want to see if they've been through here. And yeah, it's just stupid because they came up with that on the fly because, you know, that always works out so well for the group, you know, especially like the time they tried to infiltrate Terrell Agwith's estate and had no, no plan, no backstory on how they were going to bluff their way through. Uh, anyway, they, 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 they agree that, you know, to talk about the, the Wanty snake lady creature directly and bring up Terrell Agwith if they need to. So they find the Doc Master, they start talking to him. Uh, Doc Master hasn't seen a giant snake lady anywhere. Um, but she talks about how, you know, they've been working with Terrell Agwith about this, which is great news because Doc Master works quite a bit with, uh, with good old Aggie. And asks, you know, if the creature may, may have been accompanied by people, someone that could have hit it. Um, and the dock master says, you know, there's a lot of unsavory types that work at the docks because, you know, it's the docks. Um, and so that they, and but she mentions they would have been transporting something large, you know, that had been removed from the altar there. Uh, the dock master says that two ships that have left in the last couple of days that could have carried something that size. Uh, one left the day before. And the other one left just that morning that didn't happen to have a destination listed. Uh, he said that he would do some more checking, though, and see if he could get anything else up. And he told him to come back in uh, about two hours. And, you know, he'd have something for them then. Uh, Bashit and Moonstar thank him. And they decide to grab a small boat to go check out, you know, the, uh, you know, the pipe that, that the snake lady and the cultists, uh, we believe, had escaped through. In the meantime, Cecil and Iron Fist are talking to a, uh, a fisherman named Terrell. Because apparently Terrell is like John in this universe. Everyone's called Terrell. Um, he, he says they saw a, couple, um, a number of people there um, kind of tending to a large crate that they had on a barge a couple days ago. And they're moving it to the docks from, uh, you know, from uh, in the area there. Uh you know, but he saw that as he was leaving to go fishing. So by the time he got back, they were gone. Um, you know, Cecil appreciates, thanks him for his help and tips him a gold piece. And Terrell's super, super grateful. He's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll be your best friend now if you want whatever you need." Uh, Iron Fist is a little bit cranky because he felt that Cecil was overly generous. They shouldn't be throwing around so much money like that. But Cecil, you know, being the moral, upstanding guy that he is, you know, chastises, chastises Iron Fist about not being so greedy, you know, to resist his dwarven nature uh, and, uh, you know, to share their wealth. Spoiler alert, it doesn't take. Um, at this point, Cecil and Iron Fist spot Moonstar and Vashid and decide to meet up with him, uh, you know, armor clanking the whole way as they're running across the docks. Uh, they catch up and they settle on, you know, chartering a boat large enough to fit the four of them so they could get over to the pipe opening thing, you know, along the shoreline there where where they believe the uh, the Wan Ti and the cultists came out of. Uh, so they charter a, a boat from a nice young man named Philip, and Iron Fist, who's being cheapskate, uh, pays him 50 silver pieces, which is really hilarious because he doesn't he's not very good at math, and he doesn't realize that 50 silver pieces is the equivalent of five gold pieces. <laughs> Sorry, it's still funny. It's still funny. And Moonstar uh, give, gives him a, a, a gold piece uh, to Philip, not not to Iron Fist, because why would he give Iron Fist money at this point? Um, so Moonstar gives Philip a gold piece to row them out there, 
and the 50 gold piece, silver pieces were for just renting the boat. Uh, they find the, so it's kind of more of a cavern than a pipe, I guess. And, you know, they find it abandoned, but a few signs, some like chipped wood, you know, from a barge had been, or a large crate that had come through there. Um, Philip doesn't recall seeing anything from a couple days ago. And, and they don't really find anything else there. So they, Philip rows them back to the docks. They try finding Terrell, Terrell the, uh, the fisherman, but they realize he's into the merchant square to catch his, to sell his catch. And they probably wouldn't be able to catch up with him, no matter how fast they tried. Uh, Moonstar suggests, that, and at this point, everyone just kind of starts bickering with each other because that's what this party does best. And Moonstar finally says, "Hey, we're all cranky. I think we're kind of hangry. Let's just get some fish and chips." And they find a place and settle down for them f- for some food. And yeah, that kind of calms everybody down. They're you know, kind of like those old Snicker commercials, you know, from a couple years back, where the person was like super angry and then they calm down. Yeah. So they meet up back with the dockmaster at his place. He has some ideas. He said that uh, the ship they're most likely looking at is called the Lady's Heart. Um, a lot of large uh, crates were, were loaded on, and he said that some of the people looked pretty sketchy. And was, this was also a ship that didn't have a destination listed. It was chartered by one Brenneth Doran, who owns several boats and charters them out regularly. In this case, he's been listed as the captain of the voyage, uh, Vashid asks, you know, okay, if we got a business partner we can interrogate, that we can beat the crap out of to talk. Uh, Dockmaster says, no, Doran just runs everything himself and doesn't even live in Renault Keep, but actually lives in Port Azureth. That's about five, a five days journey from, uh, from Renault Keep. Uh, Moonstar thanks Dockmaster for his help, slides him a gold piece, and it just asks him to send word to them at Dalwin's place if he hears anything more about Doran. And Dockmaster is very happy about this and says he'll send word immediately. Uh, at this point, the party decides they head back up to uh, Tara Lagwith's estate. But she, you know, <laughs> being the aggressive one of this group, knocks on the door. The butler answers and is not happy to see her. Uh, this worries Cecil a little bit since he wasn't around for the last conversation that, uh, for the last visit that Vashid paid him. Uh, Agwith shows up and Vashid says, hey, we didn't blow up the city. She says, yeah, and Agwith says, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> There's nothing has exploded. That's good. Um, and Vashid tells him, okay, no, the, the children, the plane touch, they've been taken out of the city. Um, they said they made a bit of a mess down at a warehouse down by the docks and asks, asks Agwith to pass on a message to Sigmund Veritas that he owes us money <laughs> for doing all the spying and you know, dismantling work on the Thieves' Guild. That uh, that he asked for. Now, uh, and Agwith, you know, says, "Okay, fine, I'll pass the message along." Uh, but she, at this point, brings up the. I don't know why she does this. She's insane. But she brings up the gunpowder barrels again because apparently she's just a pyromaniac that you know wants to see the world burn or something. But Agwith says it's been disposed of safely. But she kind of wants to stab him, but but Cecil talks some sense into her. Uh, they ask where they could buy gunpowder in the city, and Agwith recommends, you know, looking at an alchemist, you know, looking for some alchemist fire. Uh, Vashit turns to leave, and Iron Fist <laughs> decides to apologize for the, quote, crazy lesbian's behavior, unquote. Uh, Vashit hears this and turns around and chucks a dart at him, which just bounces off of his armor. It's kind of more of a pride thing, you know, saving face, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, so the butler kind of, you know, shush, you know, ushers him out, and it, it wasn't a great meeting, meetup thing. So anyway, party gets out to the street. They immediately start bickering about Vashit's lack of ethics when it comes to dealing with people. And you know, she says, "Well, I kind of still want to kill, you know, Agwith. I mean, you know, we accepted the job to to kill him, you know, but everybody else vetoes us immediately, saying." No, he's not trying to take down the city. He's a decent man. Let's not kill the nice guy that has been very nice to us. Uh, Moonstar at this point, you know, just he really wants to do something epic. You know, he's got that itch. He's destined for greatness. And he always feels like he's missing out on something if he's not doing something epic immediately. So, in other words, he's just kind of miserable most of the time. So at this point, they swing by Dalowance, they thank for his hospitality, inform that they're going to be heading out of town, and they ask him, hey, could we borrow some horses from you? And he says he'd be more than happy to, given everything that they've done, uh, but asks, hey, where are you guys going? They tell him that eventually they'll be going to Capbrook, and Dalowance says, hey, I've got a caravan that's going to be going to Port Azurith, and then they'll be going to Capbrook after that, and if you want, you know, I can hire you on it for, you know, to escort it. And, you know, that way you can get a little bit of, you know, money in the pocket there at the same time. Party loves the idea. Dalowin loves the idea. And he says, hey, I need to finalize some ideas first, some, not ideas, details first. And I'll give you a heads up of when you're going to be heading out. Um, after that, Moonstar says, hey, losers, get in the car. We're going shopping. Uh, because he wants to go around town and see if he can pick up anything cool for himself. Uh, they check out the, the Merchant Square. You know, they look at some magic shops. Uh, one has some potions. Uh, other one has more equipment. So they check out that one. Uh, Moonstar is looking for something specific in a movable rod. You know, it's kind of like, I think like Thor's hammer from the Marvel movies, where you can just put the hammer down on someone and they can't move because it's so heavy. So that's what he's looking for. And he met, and as it happens, shop has one, so he buys it. And uh, Vashit says that uh, Iron Fist's immovable rod fell off at the brothel. <laughs> Shows how mature she is. Um, <clears throat> let's see, from there, Cecil takes a look, asks if they have any magically enhanced swords. Uh, the shopkeeper has a mace, a longsword, and a greatsword. But the asking price is 3,000 gold pieces for any one of them. Uh, that's pretty well outside his pri Cecil's price range, so thanks him for his time and, and leaves. Uh, the group goes over to the magic potion shop. Uh, take a look there. Cecil snags a couple of potions of healing on his way out. And then they track down a regular equipment shop just to sell some of the loot that they got from all the orcs and wizards that they killed. Uh, Iron Fist, he tracks down a church to get the, the curse, the Gaius, removed from him. And they track down a cleric at a Heronius church that is willing to do it for 90 pieces of gold. Iron Fist being true to his dwarven nature, tries negotiating him down to 50 gold pieces. But the cleric says he, he, needs, uh, he needs the money to you know, support himself and the church there. And <laughs> Iron Fist asks for a discount still, at which point the, uh, the other cleric there says, wow, you must not be a very good cleric. You're negotiating for clerical services. Iron Fist finally caves from a combination of shame and just annoyance with being cursed. And the cleric casts Remove Curse and takes uh, the gaze off of him. Uh, at this point, it's been a few hours. They return to Dalowin's place. He's got a caravan uh, set up ready to go. He'll be leaving in the morning for Port Azurith. Uh, at this point, everyone just kind of takes it easy for the evening. 
Uh, Moonstar, he takes a bath, has his clothes cleaned, uh, checks out the scrolls that they nicked off of the wizard, well, wizard corpses. Um, the rest of the party, you know, does about the same. Cecil announces he's going to pray and meditate for an hour before going to bed. Iron Fist, kind of grumpily, I guess he's trying to find God again or something. He seems pretty godless at this point. Uh, you know, decides he can't be one-upped by by mere human paladin, so he does the same thing, does some praying and meditating before bed. Uh, now, Vashit, she's, uh, she's uh, the slippery one here. Uh, she waits for everybody else to finish falling asleep, and then she decides to sneak out and makes her way over to Terrell Agwith's estate. Uh, she takes a peek around, doesn't see much, sees a few lights on, but not a lot of movement. And as you can guess at this point, she wants to stab him and kill him. Because apparently she f- really feels like she has to follow up on her word to the drug dealers in town. <laughs> that they only made a deal with to get more information from them to help take down the Thieves Guild. But I guess Vashita's a elf of her word and decides she wants to kill him anyway even though he's actually a decent guy. So, just a heads up, if you ever make friends with Fashid, yeah, just just don't. So anyway, Vashid, she manages to sneak into this state, sneaks around to the back, you know, to the back wall there where Agwith's room is. She tries crawl, cra- uh, not crawling, climbing up the wall, but it's, pretty, it's a pretty sheer, straight 90 degree angle up that we're looking at here. And she slips and falls into the bushes and snaps, you know, a couple of branches. And sees a couple of guards running outside because they heard her. Because she botched the job of climbing a wall. Uh, Vashit, doing the smart move, makes a break for it and runs. Uh, an arrow, you know, uh, the guards start shooting arrows at her, having spotted her. Uh, she manages to catch one and chuck and throws it back at them, but doesn't get anywhere. And she starts pretty much doing... I'm not sure if it's a Looney Tunes kind of run around the, the building, but she's just being chased by guards at this point for several minutes. Uh, fortunately, the guards are all wearing really heavy armor, so it's a lot harder to keep up with a unarmored she-elf. Uh, so she finally loses them, you know, because there's a lot of trees in this estate. I mean, it's a legit estate, not just like a big-sized house that you see in Draper. It's a big estate. And so she manages to lose them, makes her way back to back to the wall that you know that's that Agwith's room is on. And she thinks she's clear, right up until a really large dog comes out of nowhere to try to take a take a bite a bite out of her on the neck. Uh, the dog misses the neck, but does manage to tackle her and get her to the ground. Uh, but she, you know, manages to take a chunk out of it with her sword, and then she smashes it with her hand. Which kind of murders the the poor dog. So, if you're you know if you're a dog person, sorry, Vashit's a dog murderer now. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you know, with the ruckus of killing the dog, uh, a couple more, a few more guards uh, spot her, and she makes another run for it, and she uh, you know outpaces them fairly quickly, but two of them can keep uh, are able to still track her because they're elves and they have night vision. Um, you know, and she gets into a scuffle with some of them. You know, there's uh, some. You know, one of them, you know, hits her a little bit with uh, grazes her a bit with his sword. You know, she punches him back. Um, you know, then you know the the other guards, you know, take a few swings at her. Arrows start flying all in her direction, all in her direction. A couple of them hit her, 
And basically, she has had enough, decides that killing this uh, this poor, nice, decent man, mind you, is not worth it. And, you know, makes like the Roadrunner from uh, Looney Tunes and speeds away, you know, like when the Roadrunner runs runs away from Riley Coyote. And if I could put in the sound effects right now, I would, but I don't know where to find that. Sorry. Uh, so, Vashid, she manages to get out to the street, gets a couple streets away. She's nearly dead. She's bleeding. She's bruised. You know, she's a mess. And, you know, reasoning that she could be tracked back to Dalwin's place, she decides to leave the city limits and waits on the road that the caravan will be taking in the morning. You know, thinking that, hey, I'll just meet up with the group in the morning and they'll pick me up on their way out. So, that's what she does. So, morning comes. Party wakes up, find that Vashid is missing. Um, they immediately suspect that she went to kill Terrell Agwith, since she really wanted to stab him yesterday. Uh, they go for a quick walk, and they find that, you know, uh, the area around Agwith's estate is on high alert, lots of guards out there, lots of passerbys are just kind of gawking, because you need that to find out any information about things. Uh, they talk to a couple people, basically, you know, the word on the street is that someone tried to make, tried to kill Terrell Agwith, but got chased off. And they say, well, it sounds like Vashit. So they go, they grab a drink, and then they join the caravan, figuring that if Vashit's still alive, she'll be waiting for them outside of town, since she didn't come back to the, the manor at Dalwin's place. And if she's dead, well, she's dead, and you know they can pick up somebody new on the way, like, uh, like a bard. You know, They could use some music. So they make, the, they make their way out, and they find Vashit sitting on the side of the road as, you know, as, they're, as they're going. Cecil's extremely judgmental of her at this point because, hey, she did just try to murder the guy that was super nice to them um, and just steer clears of him. Uh, Moonstar, however, is nice enough to give her a hand up and ca- and catch and ride with him on his horse. And she fills him in on everything that happens. He just kind of chuckles. And at this point, they ride and 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 they ride, and they ride some more. Uh, the first few days are pretty uneventful. Uh, Cecil's still pretty standoffish towards Vashit, who who says in her defense, she was just following through on their deal with the Hollow Eyes cartel. The drug dealers! Cecil doesn't buy it. He thinks that she's just as greedy as uh, the dwarf cleric, and is still not not happy with her. Now, on the third day, out from Renault Keep, uh, the party's riding ahead of the caravan, and fortunately, they're able to spot in uh, um, kind of a group of trees along the side of the road there, three bugbears and a couple of ogres uh, before the beasts got the chance to ambush them. Uh, they stop the caravan, and the party moves forward to be a forward defense to uh, take them out before they can get to you know all the traders. Now, at this point, well, <laughs> uh, some tactical aggression probably would have been uh, advisable here. It definitely would have made things go a whole lot better for Dane Iron Fist. But, you know, the, this group isn't big on unity or intelligence or a lot of stuff. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of problems. Anyway, uh, so the beasts, uh, they kind of spread out instead of being clumped together like they before, like, like they were when they started. That makes it pretty rough. And, you know, so Moonstar tries casting Entangle on them to stop them, but that doesn't work. Um, 
all the monsters uh, dash forward super quickly. But she 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 throws herself forward to try to uh, take down the lead bugbear with her sword. Completely misses. Um, manages to smack it a bit with her fist. Bruises it a little. Uh, Iron Fist tries his crossbow at the bugbear, but misses. Cecil casts Shield of Faith on himself to bulk up his armor and just runs forward screaming and saying, Hey, look at me. He's nice like that. Um, Moon's, now, at this point, Moonstar, he's like, Hey, you know, let's just fry these guys. And he casts Moonbeam on the lead bugbear. It gives him uh, a few chars, a few burns. Uh, the ogres run forward, start chucking javelins at Moonstar. Uh, one of them misses, one of them, you know, manages to uh, graze him pretty good. And then the, the other bugbears, they run up and they surround Vashid and Cecil to, uh, to beat up on them. Uh, Vashid, unfortunately, just gets knocked out pretty fast because she doesn't have any armor. Um, <clears throat> and Cecil actually takes a pretty nasty, blo- pretty, pretty nasty uh, hit himself. Iron Fist is able to cast Cure Wounds on Vashid, gets, wakes her up. At least she's still on the ground, but she's conscious now. Uh, he then casts Spiritual Weapon, which, which creates a floating Warhammer that you know that can uh, attack things and he sends it to attack the lead bugbear but uh misses uh, cecil then casts thunderous smite on himself to, uh, to take a whack at the lead bugbear but he also misses this is going to be a running theme throughout this battle unfortunately despite it being broad daylight yeah these guys are going to miss a lot of their swings uh, so Moonstar, he casts Entangle again on the, on the ogre that's nearest to him, but, you know, the ogre just powers through it. At this point, Moonstar decides, hey, I think running is the, well, it is the, uh, what's that phrase for it? Uh, the better part of Valor, and books it back to the caravan to hide. Uh, the bug, the lead bugbear gets zapped again by his moonbeam moonbeam spell, but, you know, he's still just kind of singed at this point, not really, not really hurting. Uh, the bugbears take turn take turns attacking Cecil and Iron Fist. Cecil's able to dodge most of the attacks, but you know, still one of them makes it through, hurting him quite a bit. Iron Fist, thankfully, manages to blo- avoid both blows. Uh, one of the ogres chases after Moonstar, while the other one gangs up on Iron Fist. But the Iron Fist, but you know, Iron Fist is able to dodge it again because he's a lot shorter than the ogre is. Uh, but she snaps up, you know, snaps up to her feet. Uh, flanks the lead bugbear, hacking at him with her sword and, you know, uh, getting chewing into his arm. She hits him with fear blows, gives him lots of uh, bruises him again, and then she's able to shove him down to the ground. Uh, Iron Fist, you know, gives Cecil a, uh, a solid and casts cure wounds on him to patch him up a bit. And then commands his magic warhammer to strike the, the lead bugbear, the one that's been knocked down. And, you know, is able to beat him a bit. Cecil says, hey, I got this. I'm going to kill this final beast on my own. And misses. Yeah. Um, Moonstar runs around the wagon, still (laughs) trying to get away from that ogre that's chasing him. Uh, Thankfully, this time, Entangle actually works and pins the beast down. Uh, And uh, the moonbeam spell fries the lead bugbear again, the one that's been knocked down. Doesn't kill him, but he's still not looking good. Uh, he's barely able to pull himself to his feet. Him and another one of the bugbears, you know, gang, uh, gang up on, on Cecil. Most of the attacks miss, but one of them gets a critical hit, knocking Cecil down to the ground unconscious. Uh, the other bugbear and Ogre gang up an Iron Fist. He's, he's pretty messed up afterwards. 
And then the other ogre is still pinned down by by the entanglement spell from Moonstar. Uh, but she, you know, goes after the lead, bug, lead bugbear again and is able to slice through his head, just kills him, drops to the ground, you know, brain everywhere, gore everywhere. It's a mess. But that's what Bashit does best. And then uh, she runs behind and takes, you know, goes after the bugbear that's that's uh, teamed up with the ogre, manages to beat him up a little bit, and, you know, knocks him down on his ass. Uh, Iron Frisk, you know, casts Prayer of Healing because he's in a bad shape, Bashit isn't doing so hot, and Cecil's knocked out. Cecil, you know, that thankfully wakes him up. And then and then uh, the magic warhammer takes another shot another shot at uh, the bugbear that that she just knocked down, but misses. And Cecil pulls himself up to his feet, uh, tries to take a swing at the bugbear that's next to him, but he also misses again. So far, Cecil is like oh and all of them. Yeah. Uh, so Moonstar, from the back there by the caravan that he's hiding behind, uh, redirects Moonbeam onto the prone bugbear, fries him a bit, lots of burns, st- not doing great. Uh, the bugbear pulls himself up, tries to tries to hack away of a sheep, but misses. Ogre takes another swing at Iron Fist, but being a dwarf, you know, misses. Uh, the last bugbear, uh, <clears throat> you know, t- you know, is able to hit Iron Fist with his with uh, with his sword. And the other ogre is still pinned down by the entanglement spell. Uh, Vashit, you know, attacks the bugbear in front of her again. You know, really does a number on him, but he's still standing. Iron Fist casts Cure Wounds on himself, along with Healing Word to get him himself, you know, still alive. Uh, Cecil attacks the bugbear between him and the dwarf, but somehow manages to miss again, even though he's behind the stupid monster. Anyway, uh, at this point, Moonstar casts Healing Word on Cecil from a distance, give him some more health, and runs away from the Entangled Ogre again. The one that, you know, can't move. Uh, Moonbeam fries uh, the, the hurt bugbear again. Good solid burn on him, but still not down, down for the count yet. Uh, the one ogre that's been entangled finally breaks free, breaks free of the entanglement and starts, you know, starts making its way towards Moonstar. Uh, one of the bugbears takes a swing of Iron Fist, misses. The other bugbearer, you know, manages to take a whack at Vashit, hurting her pretty good. Uh, the ogre completely misses whatever he's swinging at. Uh, you know, at this point, no one really knows what he's swinging at. And Vashit manages to attack the really, really wounded bugbear and, you know, kills him. Iron Fist, you know, heals up Vashit again and, t- and throws his uh, magic warhammer to attack the last bugbear. Hurts it a bit. And Cecil finally, finally manages to hit the the, the you know one of the, something that he's swinging at and hits it with thunderous smite to do some good damage. Uh, Moonstar, you know, again in the back here, shoots another healing spell at Bashit. Um, uh, uh, one of the ogres chases after Moonstar again, throws a javelin at him, but misses. Mind you, misses spectacularly from ten feet away. So these ogres aren't exactly a huge threat. Um, and then the other ogre tries attacking Vashit, but misses, because, again, ogre. Uh, the last bugbear, uh, focuses an iron fist, hits him a couple times, and, you know, knocks, uh, the poor dwarf out. Uh, Vashit focuses on the ogre that's in front of her, beating him up pretty good, but still going. Uh, Cecil rushes over to, to iron fist and uses lay on hands to, you know, get him back alive. 
you know, since he, you know, just to return the favor. Uh, at this point, Moonstar runs past Vashit, uh, smacks her on the butt as he does, and, you know, he's just still running from the ogre. Uh, he uses a moonbeam on the uh, the ogre that Vashit has attacked, you know, leaves him a good burn, but still going. Uh, the bugbear, reigning bugbear, foc- turns and still focuses an iron fist again, and <laughs> really gets him a wax him down pretty good and knocks him unconscious again. So it's pretty much worse than kicking him the man when he's down. Uh, the second ogre, the one that had been entangled, keeps chasing Moonstar and actually manages to hit him. Uh, Vashit, you know, she takes a swing at the ogre in front of her with her sword, but misses. Hits him with her fist again, leaves a pretty good bruise. Uh, Cecil, for his part, he pulls out one of his potions of healing and, you know, forces it down. Iron Fist, the uh, guzzard, you know, forces him to wake up again. It's kind of a mess. You know, Iron Fist isn't super happy about that, but what can you do? Uh, Moonstar tries using Entangle again on the ogre that's chasing him, but fails. Uh, the bugbear tries to kill Iron Fist again uh, and really <laughs> hits him good. And at this point, like, he's out. Like, a healing potion is not going to do it for him this time around. Um, and <clears throat> so Ogre turns to attack Vashit, but misses. Other Ogre attacks Moonstar, almost killing the poor, uh, you know, uh, stoner elf. Uh, Vashit manages to, uh, hit, manages to hit the Ogre in front of her with her sword, then with her fist, killing the thing. And Cecil, you know, turns on the last bugbear, uses Divine Smite, takes a good chunk out of him. Uh, Moonstar, he casts Cure Wounds on himself. Heals himself. He's back. He's uh he's, he's still alive and kicking and runs again. Uh, the bugbear fo- is now focused entirely on Cecil, slashing him up. But they're just taking wax at each other. Uh, the the last ogre smacks Moonstar around a little bit. Uh, but she you know runs from t- runs behind the ogre, just starts whacking at it with her sword and uh, punching it. And Cecil, for his part, you know chugs another potion of healing to shore himself up. Moonstar. Does another healing word on Cecil, healing word on Cecil, get him to stand up a little bit straighter. Bugbear takes another another couple swings at Cecil, but misses. Ogre tries to smash Moonstar, but misses because it's an ogre. Uh, Vashit, you know, still whacking it at the, the ogre from behind. Cecil tries taking a swing at the bugbear, but misses because you know he's got no luck. Um, at this point, Moonstar is able to redirect Moonbeam to fry the last ogre there. Uh, ogre's not looking great at this point. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the bugbear and Cecil take swings at each other, completely missing each other, just kind of flail dancing, I guess. And Vashit's able to uh, to kill the, the the ogre in front of her again by smashing its forehead with her bare fist. That's pretty badass. Uh, Moonstar turns Moonbeam on the bugbear, which fries him quite a bit, but still going. Uh, the bugbear, tr- you know, <clears throat> at this point, is really pissed off, really tired. Takes a good swing at, at Cecil, nearly knocks the poor guy out. Uh, Vashit tries a stupid, fancy, acrobatic uh, bounce off of Iron Fist's crotch, but instead just bounces off of his chest and lands next to the bugbear. Uh, she's able to attack him, take, take a good chunk out of them. Cecil misses again with his swing. Basically, I think he's only hit anything twice at this point. Uh, Moonstar, coming in from behind, chucks a, a flaming fire fireball at the bugbear that, you know, spontaneously combusts and dies. Uh, at this at this point, battle's done. Feel is a mess. Uh, Vashit promptly moves to the first bugbear that she killed and decapitates it as a trophy. You know, might even use its skull as a helmet. Uh, 
as they're going through the bodies, they find some um, some shields, morning stars, some weapons, uh, you know, a decent amount of gold, about seventeen hundred pieces. The most interesting thing that they find, though, is a letter that's addressed to a Captain Mayer uh, that details information about a stonemason shipment that they're supposed to take care of, and that the monsters are supposed to take care of, and that they'll get assistance from a mercenary captain wearing plate mail with ivy decorations. Uh, the party kind of uh, mulls it around as they're clearing the bodies out of the road. They talk to the caravan leaders, and the caravan guys are like, hey, we need to get out of here. You know, we got a schedule to keep. So they decide to head to uh, Port Azureth. Uh, they do toss Iron Fist's body into one of the carts. They're hoping that they might be able to find a priest or a cleric that can revive him when they get there. If not, you know, maybe they'll, uh, they'll find a bard instead that can uh, play music for them. Uh, so that's uh, that's everything that happened last time, guys. And looking forward to catching you guys all again here soon. And we will see each other then.